Greetings again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of OSI Today, the podcast featuring news and views from around the Office of Special Investigations. I'm Wayne Amon from OSI Public Affairs, and in this edition, we continue our special series, My OSI Journey, which showcases the diversity and inclusion of our command-wide members. And today, I'm very pleased to be joined by Chief Master Sergeant Eric Powell, the Active Guard Reserve Special Agent assigned as the OSI Liaison Officer to Headquarters Air Reserve Command and Headquarters National Guard Bureau, and is also the OSI Reserve Major Command Functional Manager. Chief Powell, welcome aboard. So great to have you with us, sir. Hey, good morning. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, that's quite of a lengthy title that you have. And, uh, uh, you know, before we get into uh, uh, how you uh, got into OSI and all the uh, good things uh, in your background, uh, let's first just uh, kind of go back maybe just one month uh, to a very important day in uh, your professional career and a very important uh, milestone day in the uh, history of OSI uh, when you became the uh, first active guard reserve chief master sergeant in OSI's storied history. Uh, that obviously uh, must be uh, very special to you and uh it uh, uh and for the organization as well uh, and in covering your promotion to e9 uh, OSI did a story, uh, uh, OSIPA, I should say, did a story on you for our website and social media platforms, uh, which in, in it, you said, my main goal is incorporating all of our OSI reservists in one and getting us back incorporated with the active duty agents. Now, uh, if you could elaborate a little bit, uh, how do you envision uh, doing that? Yeah, so, uh, you know, when I, when I took over this position, uh, even when I was just sitting as, as the, uh, an AGR, an E8 AGR down here at headquarters AFRC, I would always get calls from IMAs asking questions of, hey, I'm not, I can't seem to get in touch with this person. I'm having issues getting support about this um, or whatever it may be. So, you know, when I took over this position, obviously I had a conversation with the OSIRA, who was uh, Colonel Ouellette, um, my, my chief, Chief Rose, uh, previously Chief Hoy and Colonel Baccarella and Chief Gao, just uh-huh. saying, you know, since taking over this position, I feel like there is a disconnect uh, between the IMAs and the active duty force. Uh, obviously, we have the civilians. I don't want to forget about them because we have SACs out there who have IMAs associated sure, to sure. them. Yeah. Um, but there was a disconnect in between uh, the IMAs when it came to support when they were physically not at the office. Uh So whenever it was time for EPRs, when it's time for medals, when it's time for anything that they may need that our active duty component gets on a day-to-day basis, they're right there with the commander, the SEL, and the support staff, RMAs were were not getting it. So felt like RMAs were getting pushed to the side. Um, And I know for sure that is not the general's intent. I know for sure that is not Chief Gow's intent. So, you know, one of my main missions when I took on this role is to try and figure out how we can incorporate the, the entire force structure uh, that, that General Bullard has um, to one and not where it's just, you know, active duty on one side and IMAs on one side. Right, right. And I would imagine as time goes by, Chief uh, Powell, that uh, uh, this will become more of an of a interwoven into that uh, relationship. Is that a fair statement? That is a very fair statement. I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've had Chief on for give or take 34 days now. Um, and <laughs> you're a, you're a veteran, you, Chief. Come on, you're a veteran. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that we have definitely made some strides for sure um, to, to get that, that uh, you know, camaraderie back together when it comes to the, the active side of the house and the IMA side of the house. And it's, it's definitely a big part 
Uh, and a huge kudos that goes out to General Bullard, um, Chief Gal, and, and definitely Colonel Willett, who's definitely been helping us uh, ensure that we get that taken care of. Right, right you are. Uh, now for our uh, uh, listeners new to OSI, again, uh, IMA is uh, Individual Mobilization Augmentees. And also, uh, for our listeners new to OSI, uh, a big difference between active duty and uh, uh, AGR special agents is geographical, with the majority of uh, the AGR agents uh, being hours away from leadership at a given base, which you uh, alluded to. Uh, now, you mentioned that uh, uh, you are literally in charge of OSI operations at those uh, uh, locations that are hours away from uh, any given base. Now, uh, is it also a fair statement to say that uh, this presents a very challenging opportunity for those AGR agents uh, to work in that environment? Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I would say it's a, cha- it's a challenging uh, opportunity, but I, w- I would also say um, that it's a rewarding opportunity. Uh-huh. Um, you know, AGR, the AGR program is, is, I would say, OSI's best kept secret. Uh, I didn't know about the program until eight years ago. Uh-huh. And I know that there's a ton of OSI agents that, that are unfamiliar with this program as well. Uh, it is challenging um, being as far as away from your leadership as you, uh, you know, compared to a typical detachment. Um, I was an oil chief up in Minneapolis and my boss was down at Wright Pat Air Force Base. Wow. Um, okay. when I, when I, right. So Colonel Pendleton, uh, who's out 24 seat was about to come and be the, the region one commander right. uh, and be my boss again. Uh, he, he was my boss at the time. So whenever I had an issue, it was picking the phone and make a phone call to him, you know, to, to make sure that everything was make sure he was tracking it, make sure region commander wasn't going to be blindsided. Right. And that's how it is at most of our oil locations. None of them are within you know, an hour's driving distance of where their where their bosses are. So they are right. in charge for OSI at those uh, reserve locations, and in most cases, the entire state. So ah, Minneapolis, uh, yeah. they're in charge of essentially the entire state when it comes to uh, OSI activities for the Air Force, whether it's Guard, Reserve, or Active Duty. Right. Yeah, well, certainly uh, uh, you mentioned also that OSI is known for its autonomy and uh, an AGR in that position certainly uh, has that, I would guess. They definitely do have that autonomy. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, that's one of the pluses that I learned when I joined OSI. It's, you know, the the old saying back in the day, OSI gives you enough rope to hang yourself. You know, that's that's usually (laughs) what the old timers like myself would say, Um, you know, but it, it. it is. They, they essentially, they trust you. When, they, when we put you in one of these positions, we trust you that you are going to do exactly what is required of you by OSI, by the Air Force, um, to ensure that, that everyone is taken care of. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. Now, uh, you talk about being an old timer. Uh, you're not that much of an old timer. Uh, you, you know, you joined the Air Force <laughs> back in uh, 2002. Uh, so let's dive into uh, a little bit of the uh, Eric Powell uh, file, if we could. Um, you know, when you first joined uh, uh, the Air Force, it was not in OSI. Like many uh, uh, agents, um, they started in, different, uh, in a different career field. Uh, and yours happened to be, uh, if I'm not mistaken, according to your bio, you were a, 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 a uh, a weapons loader on the fly line. Is that right? That is right. And please don't mistake uh, weapons with ammo. We, we are, we are not <laughs> the, uh, you know, that is a, that is a big faux pas. Even though I'm an OSI agent now, I still, uh, still claim my roots of being a weapons loader back in the day. And if I hear someone try and call us ammo, it does not go very well. But yes, <laughs> I joined, uh, I joined to be a weapons troop. 
uh, straight out of Houston, Texas, where I was, you know, where I was raised my entire life and uh-huh. they ended up sending me to Whiteman Air Force Base, the middle of nowhere, Missouri. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, hey, uh, the, the Missouri is the show me state. So I guess, uh, 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 you were able to, to show them a few things when you, uh, uh, began your Air Force career there as well. Now, uh, uh, transitioning from the, uh, uh, weapons loading, uh, career field chief, uh, how did you originally become interested in law enforcement and subsequently in OSI? So I've always I've always enjoyed law enforcement, even as a as a little kid, never to the point where I was like, oh, I think I'm going to grow up and be a, you know, a, H, a Houston Police Department or something along those lines. I, that was never something I wanted to do. I always wanted to strive to do something a little higher than that. Right. Um, my first interaction was with OSI. I ended up being I was at one of my best friend's house in Missouri. Um, he lived in War- he lived in Warrensburg, which is about 15 minutes away from Whiteman Air Force Base. And we were having a spaghetti. Uh, his okay. kid and my kid were playing together and next next door outside his door all we hear is uh, federal agents open the door federal agents open the door it wasn't our door thankfully yeah, um yeah. and then ne- next thing you know uh they they broke the door down wow um so obviously naturally me I'm, I'm i'm curious so i go outside and i open the door and then i get screamed at by an osi agent shut the door get back in okay, I shut the door. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, after, after they did what they needed to, they came over and started asking some questions, but uh, it turned out that the, the person that was living across the hall was doing a, a drug distribution with, uh-huh. uh, with their spouse that was stationed overseas. And after I heard that and just saw how, how, you know, the, the different agencies that were there, um, how OSI handled themselves at that point, I was like, okay, I, I, I think I found, I think I found my calling. Right. Yeah. It certainly left an impression. No doubt about that. Uh, now, uh, how did your OSI career begin? Uh, like many agents, uh, I would imagine you began at, uh, uh, the, uh, federal law enforcement training facility down in, uh, Glencoe, Georgia. Yep. That, that's exactly where it started. I was, um, after Whiteman, I, I ended up having to take a short tour to Korea, um, about, about 60 days into my short tour, I found out I was accepted to OSI, but, uh, they wouldn't let me leave early. They wanted to keep me uh, on the rock for a little longer. So okay. uh, finished career, then I ended up going to Flutzy. Uh, obviously um, went down there for, that was, it was back in the day when we were doing six day work weeks because they were trying to push so many agents through. So uh-huh. we only had Sundays off uh, the entire time that I was down at Flutzy. Wow. But it was a good time. Uh, we, we had a great time, made some great friends. And then I ended up getting stationed out at Hill Air Force Base at 113. Region right. one. So that was, uh, that was a good time. You know, if you've never been in Utah, it's definitely a different animal. Um, you know, coming from Houston, getting stationed at Whiteman and then getting stationed at Hill. Right. So, uh, it was definitely, definitely a different animal, but I'll tell you that most agents will tell you most of their first bases and their first debts are probably the closest family oriented debts that they will ever have. And that was exactly what I had there. Um, our commander Hunter Jones, retired uh, lieutenant colonel was in he he was all about family we got uh-huh. the mission done we we you know we worked hard we had some amazing cases uh, but he ensured that family was well taken care of sure. um you know and and that's that's something that, that i carry on even you know when i was a supervisor he would he would come in every morning and he would walk around to everybody's desk every morning hey how you doing he knew our family's names our, our wives our our kids Right. Ask them how they're doing. If someone was sick, he'd ask them that, you know, how, how they were doing. Um, and at the end of the day, he'd walk around 4.35 o'clock. And we'd be sitting there working. And, and he'd yeah. say, hey, I, I'm leaving. Uh, let's go pack up. Uh, boss, I got to get this done. No, 
hey, listen, I'm the commander. If I'm leaving, you can leave. So this can wait till tomorrow. We don't have it. This is not hot and pressing. Um, you know, if we had something that was hot, obviously he understood that. But if it was something that he knew that was not hot and pressing, he was all about ensuring that we went home and spent time with our family. And that is, you know, uh, invaluable. He taught me so many lessons about taking care of family and you know, spending right. time with our kids. And it was it was amazing. Well, it sounds like you certainly uh, employed the uh, total person concept. Uh, that must have been a great way for you to uh, begin your OSI career. It was, yeah. Um, we had we had an amazing team. Um, Steve Cox was our our superintendent back in the day. We just had awesome leadership, awesome team between crime fraud, CI. Uh, we, we just everybody loved everybody. It was an amazing time. Very, very good. Now, Chief, uh, were there any challenges uh, you faced once you joined OSI? And if there were, how did you overcome them? Oh man, you know, I think, I think every OSI agent faces some kind of challenges when they join OSI, um, you know, specifically because you're, you're coming from the enlisted side, you're coming from one career field to another. Right. And, and, you know, the way that uh, most agents see it is we're leaving all the red tape to come to OSI that doesn't have as much red tape. Uh-huh. Eh, that may not be true. We still have our own red tape within OSI as well. Uh, but, you know, the, there were definitely challenges when I joined OSI. Um, you know, I know there was a, there's usually a steep uh, learning curve of, of report writing, especially how your boss wants it. You get a new boss, they change it up, they want it a different way. It's the region, region, you know, thinks that it should go this way. So right, I right. think the writing style was definitely a challenge when I first joined, but, you know, you, you adapt, you overcome, you learn, and you get to the point where you'll write those ROIs and you hardly have any read from your boss coming back. So, um, that was, uh, that, that was definitely a good one. But one, one of my big challenges was I was a, a crim person through and through. Okay. I, I love, and, and again, I love, for, and forget for our new listeners, crim means uh, criminal, correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Criminal investigations. I was right. a crim person through and through. And I, I love working crim. Okay. I, I wanted to work the sex assaults. I wanted to work the drug cases. I wanted to work. I wanted to work all that. Cause I could, I could see the end. Right, cradle to grade, uh, right. like the boss always talks about. I could work that case from cradle to grade, and it was one point Mr. Jones said, "Hey, you're going to CI," and I, I was, you know, knucklehead, little staff sergeant. I was like, "Sir, I don't want to go. It's it's, it's horrible. <laughs> I don't want to go. It's, it's not fun. I don't do any work." And he sat me down one day. And he was like, "Listen, you hardhead, you need to go. You need to branch out. Trust me. You may not like it now, but you're gonna you're gonna love it later." And I mean, he was right because. You know, once you learn the different facets in OSI, CI is definitely, you know, where where our money is is earned. Yeah. You know, protecting protecting all of our assets uh, for the Air Force, DOD, and for the United States. Sure, sure. Uh, that pretty much uh, leads me into my next question, Chief. Uh, kind of a nice segue there. Uh, who or what inspires you to do your best in OSI? Is it the uh, the mentorship that you had received and and maybe still receives from uh, leadership? Uh, how does that all play into uh, uh, what uh, uh, in- inspires Special Agent Powell to do his best? So I'll say it's twofold. Um, you know, the, the mentorship uh, that I received, mentorship slash friendship that I received. Um, you know, from back in the day and even even now, the new mentors that I get now, my, my current mentor is an individual by the name of uh, Colonel Jeff O'Prendio, who is a security forces uh, 06. Uh-huh. So it, it's the mentorship because they, they help you understand that, you know, even though you're thinking you're thinking kind of small, you got to think bigger. You know, even as, as an E9, we still got to we help mentor those, you know, those 06s and, and above to help them with some things. But they still give us that mentorship, too. 
Right, um, right. So, you know, he, that was definitely an inspiration for sure. And then my family, you know, my, oh, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my mother for sure, she's actually in town right now. My, my mom definitely inspires me to, to do my best. I've seen her, you know, work so hard. Uh, she's a single mother of two kids and, yeah. Yeah. you know, my, 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 my late brother who passed, um, year, year and a half ago, almost two years now, uh, he definitely was an inspiration to me for just showing everything that he did from starting from the bottom, going all the way up. Right. And then my kids, you know, I have, a, I have an 18 year old son, Eric Jr. Uh, and then my daughter, she's, she is, you know, she's still in the house. She's 13, be 14 later this year. And she sure. is all about sports. Uh, 100% <laughs> about, about softball. That is her life. So I am a softball dad. Uh, there you go. So <laughs> that inspires me. Yeah. That inspires me every day to, to do, you know, to get the mission done the way it needs to be done. So you now I'm protecting her future. So when, when her time comes, she can go off to college and, you know, we don't have to worry about, hopefully we don't have to worry about anything crazy happening within the country. Spoken like a true devoted dad, no doubt about that. <laughs> uh, so chief, uh, what is the most gratifying part of your job with OSI or is there more than one? Oh, I think there's a ton of gratifying uh, parts, of, you know, being an OSI, especially for me, you know, in my position that I am now, I have the opportunity to, to work with uh, and have, uh, you know, one-on-one conversations with some of the top generals within uh, the reserve command, the guard yeah. command, and, and just the Air Force in general. So being able to have, you know, I get a phone call from a two-star at two o'clock in the morning. He has my personal number. I have his personal number. When something bad happens, he knows he can pick up the phone and call me, and I'll be able to, you know, potentially get him an answer right. relatively quickly. Um, so right. I think that's that's definitely um, one of the gratifying parts, you know, and having your leadership have faith in you. Um, my current yeah. boss is Colonel Baccarella. He is an amazing, amazing boss. Yeah. Um, my my direct supervisor is uh, Mr. McLaren. Everybody knows Mr. McLaren. Uh-huh. Amazing guy. And they, you know, we talked about autonomy earlier. They give me that. Um, you know, they allow me to to run and do things that I need to down here at Robbins Air Force Base is where I'm stationed and they're right. stationed at Wright Pat. So that tells right. you about the distance that our AGRs are dealing with. But sure. you know, unless there is something that is hard pressed that I need to call Colonel Baccarella or Mr. McLaren or even Chief Rose about, they allow me to run with it to the point to where I'm going to need to say, Hey, Colonel Baccarella, uh, I just want you to know because this is going to come down the pipe. You know, he's, he's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I have an amazing leadership chain and I do not want them to get blindsided ever. So, um, you know, they allow me to run with things up to the point to where I know I need to call them because, A, I need their support on something, or B, something's going to come down the, the pipe, and, and they probably need to let uh, General Bullard know prior to. Right, right. Yeah, no doubt about that, Chief. It's always good, gratifying to know that, uh, uh, you know, the bosses have your back in any instance, and that uh, certainly sounds like the case with uh, with you as well. Now, uh, uh, let's kind of... Uh, uh, Go back in time a little bit. If you could do it all over again, is there anything that you would change about your OSI career or not? I would probably change how stubborn I was about going to Hill Air Force Base. That, <laughs> that's the one That's the one thing uh, that I would change. Because, you know, throughout my OSI career, that's the only uh, location that I didn't personally select to go to for a PCS. But it turned out to be the most uh, amazing. But I walked, I walked in. I would say I would. You know, honestly, say I walked in with a negative attitude because it was Hill Air Force Base. It was cold. 
It was snow. <laughs> it was ice. It was all that. It just well, you're from Houston. Not, you're from Houston. Right? You're not used to that, <laughs> right? I need my heat, heat and humidity, like like down here in Georgia. I went for a five k run this morning. It was seventy one degrees, but one hundred percent humidity. I was sweating everywhere. It was amazing. It felt great. Um, but that that would definitely be the one thing that I would change. I think that I can't. I went in with the wrong attitude, and I quickly got a supervisor that that you know put me on the right path. I wasn't a knucklehead or anything like that. I think I just didn't have the right attitude because of the environment, the right. state that I was in. But I quickly learned that, uh, you know, it, it's it's all about getting the mission done and, and the people around you. And, and it, it's funny because I actually just had a mentor session with, with an A1C when I was getting a new cat card uh, uh-huh. Monday. Yeah. And he was from Pennsylvania and he's stationed here at Robinson. He was talking about how he didn't like it and this, that, and the other. And we sat and talked. And I said, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, do not base the Air Force, Air Force off your first assignment. Uh-huh. Everyone will tell you, do not base your Air Force off the first summit. If I base the Air Force off my first summit, I would not have, I would not be standing here 20 years later because middle of nowhere, Missouri, Knob Nostra, Missouri, <laughs> where it's black ice, snow, yeah. it's so cold. You know, the, the diversity is definitely not there in that area besides out on the on the Air Force base. Uh, I, I definitely wouldn't be standing here, you know, 20, 20 years later. But I've had some good mentors uh, that have that have kept me grounded to to understand what the overall goal is, not just looking at at taking care of myself. Right, right. Well put. Now, uh, speaking of goals, Chief, uh, uh, kind of put your uh, you know uh, crystal ball on for a little bit here. Uh, what direction do you envision OSI going into the future? Because you've been with OSI now for uh, a few years, and you've seen uh, uh, how they operate and. Uh, uh, where they're where they're headed uh, uh vision wise uh, where do you uh envision uh the command going yeah i've been with us for a while they you know uh as as some of the the younger agents would tell me over at debt 105 uh, here at robbins I'm, I'm the dinosaur um i think i've been in for <laughs> i think i've been in osi for 14 years uh going on 15 if i'm not mistaken you know i think I think the command uh, is definitely going in the right direction. You know, General Bullard has done some amazing, amazing things. You know, he, he just announced the, the new the new weapon system that we're getting. Yeah, um, I yeah. know that the agents are extremely excited about that. Uh, I know he, he talked about trying to do the weapon for life. I know that's going to be a little difficult, but, you know, just just talking about it and, and having those discussions is great. You know, we, we have a different breed of airmen uh, in the Air Force now. Uh, it's, it's, it's not the same when I joined back 20 years ago, you know, when, when, if you did something wrong, my supervisor took me behind the, behind one of the old docks and, and I had a good uh, one-sided conversation with you. Yeah. Um, can't, can't really do that no more. You know, we, we have to adapt. Uh, we have to be able to, to overcome some of the challenges that we have. And, you know, and you talked about Ms. Dis- Ms. Dixon, you know, some of the biases that we have as, as being, you know, the old timers in, in the Air Force and in OSI, we can't do things like we used to back in the day. Yeah, we have yeah. to be able to adapt, adapt and overcome. And I think General Bullard, uh, Mr. Sunnenbrook, and Chief Gao are definitely looking at that, and they're they're making those changes. I mean, look look at Orion that's coming out. Uh-huh. You know, I, I wasn't around for Cactus. I'm I'm not that old, um, you know, but I was around, you know, when, when I took a mess. Kind of, we're yeah. still, you know, in, in its infancy, and now we're moving to a new system that's that's more. I think it's it's more reactive to the agent. The agents can can work it a little better because we're used to working on our iPhones or right, agents right. are used to work, work playing games on their tablets or playing games on whatever PC or, or, or gaming system. And it's going to allow the agents to feel, have a little bit more one click activity, a little bit more, you know, ability to make things happen. 
and not have as many hurdles uh, as as we used to back in the day when we first joined. Sure, sure. Very well said. Uh, Chief, you spoke uh, briefly about uh, Ms. Dixon, who's our Chief of uh, Diversity and Inclusion. Uh, Why is diversity and inclusion foundational to the success of OSI, in your view? Man, Ms. Ms. Dixon has been a blessing. Uh, I, I, I just have to say that you know, everyone that's listening uh, in OSI, not in OSI, if you don't know Ms. Dixon, you need to get to know Ms. Dixon. Uh, <laughs> she is an amazing, amazing individual with a wealth of knowledge, and she, and she has no issue sharing that with you. You know, Ms. Ms. Dix, Ms. Dixon, when she came in, it was something that we did not have uh, in OSI as a whole. Right. We right. were definitely lacking um, when it came to diversity uh, and inclusion not that we didn't have it in the command, but it wasn't being tracked very well. We weren't, you know, we weren't trying to increase uh, the diversity and inclusion based off some of the things that she has brought to the command. Um, So, you know, with her on board, she's definitely helped when it's come, when it, when it comes to the inclusion piece, for sure. Sure. Um, You know, we, we, region one started to have our own little diversity and inclusion meetings um, a couple of years ago uh, that was headed by um, chief Hoy. And Ms. Dixon was a part of it. And, you know, when the, when the George Floyd uh, incident happened, that was one of the topics we talked about. Um, the, the panel for the Region 1 uh, Diversity and Inclusion, we, we sat down and we had multiple, multiple meetings about it. And I'll tell you, we, we would not have been able to have those conversations um, if we hadn't had the training that we had for Ms. Dixon when it came to barriers. Uh-huh. You know, because we had, we had different nationalities, we had uh, different orientations or, or different sexes, different, whatever you can think of. We, we didn't narrow it down to, you know, everybody needs to look like this and talk like this and be from this area to be on this panel. So right, Chief Hoy right. made sure that, that we, we went across the gambit. Um, so if we, if we weren't able to have the training that Ms. Dixon has, has brought to us, we would have had so many barriers that we would not have been able to come on the same page. Everybody being able to speak their mind freely without someone being, upset based off of some what someone else said right so right. um you know miss miss dixon is a joy um i cannot express uh, how great she she has been for the command for me personally but for the command uh-huh. as a whole i see okay now uh before we uh wrap things up chief uh is there anything else you'd like to add for instance uh, any advice you'd like to give someone who'd like to join osi yeah you know um a lot of people a lot of people still scared when it comes to, to OSI agents and, you know, if you're, if you're not an OSI, I'll tell you, listen, don't, don't look at us as the bad guy. <laughs> we have, we have a job to do just like everybody has jobs to do, right? We're, we're the same individual. We're the same person kind of like you are. We put our pants on one leg at a time. We don't jump straight into our pants, both legs at the same time. We're superhero. No, everybody, we, we all have a job to do. So, you know, if, if you find out someone's an OSI agent, you know, don't, don't hold it against me and be like, oh, I'm not going to talk to that person. Let me walk the other way or whatever it may be. You know, we, we are, we're exactly like you. So just give those, give those individuals a shot. And if you're, if you're thinking about joining OSI, please come by the detachment, have a conversation with either the SEL or one of the agents or the, or the DECO or squadron commander, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I am sure we have a lot of folks in the Air Force that have some, some special skills that OSI is looking for whether that be active duty, whether that be civilian, or whether it be reservists, AGR and IMA. Right. You know, OSI right. is always looking for talent. And, you know, we, we spot some, some very good talent and we go out and we try and recruit them. 
Um, you know, just like how uh, Mr. Carmichael and his team with Ms. Dixon are going out to um, some uh, historical black colleges and trying to recruit. Um, it's, it's, it's something that OSI has a, uh, they're really concerned about. Uh, they're really passionate about it. So if right. you, if you're interested in OSI, please pick up the phone, come by the attachment, have a conversation, you see an agent walking by. Um, you can't miss us. We got suits on. Um, <laughs> if we don't have suits on, we have an OSI polo on. We have a gun on. Stop asking the question. We got COVID time, right? We're Charlie. We're, we're at HP Con Charlie here. So don't get within six feet without having a mask on, but stop and ask some questions. It, it never hurts to, to ask the questions for sure. And chief, they'll find out that uh, special agents are people too. Yes, sir. We are, we are definitely people too. You know, we have our, we have issues just like everybody else. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, we work a job, we go home just like you, we go do, you know, have to, have to do fatherly duties and motherly duties, um, spousely duties, you know, I have a checklist of things I need to get done in my house for my daughter. Cause, uh, you know, uh, about to be 14 year old, almost, yep. you know, seems like she's 30. She's always like, Hey sure. dad, can you, Hey dad, can you? <laughs> And she has me listing her phone as old man. So when I, my text comes across, <laughs> it, it says old man on it. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it, everybody's raw human. So just, uh-huh. you know, give, give, us, give us a shot. Don't, don't try and don't write us off automatically. Very good, Chief. Our guest has been Chief Master Sergeant Eric Powell, the Active Guard Reserve Special Agent assigned as the OSI Liaison Officer at Headquarters Air Reserve Command and Headquarters National Guard Bureau and the OSI Reserve Major Command Functional Manager. Chief Powell, thanks again for joining us today. It was great to uh, chat with you. Thank you, sir. I greatly appreciate you giving me the opportunity. Uh, Hope you have a good day. And thanks to all of you listening for tuning in. For OSI Today, my OSI journey, I'm Wayne Amon saying, So long for now.